Just saying. <laughs> but I did get some really fun stuff that I'm excited to share with you guys. But we'll pray and then we'll keep going. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are. I thank you so much for the word that you have in store for us tonight. I thank you just for, again, just an amazing group of ladies with a desire to grow, to grow closer to you, to grow in their relationship with you. And I pray for fresh revelation. I pray for living revelation. I pray that we would have a new revelation of you when we leave tonight, that we would grab hold of every single nugget that you want to give us. And I pray that our lives would truly never be the same. I pray that this season would be used even as a time in the next couple of weeks with the madness and everything that's going around that we would take the time to press into you like never before, that we would take the time to draw closer and grow like we never have before, that we would hear what you're saying, that we would see what you're doing, that we would look to you, that we would hear you, and that we would look beyond what the problem is that we're looking at or that we see right now. And I thank you so much. I thank you for a wonderful night tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we will quickly recap just so that we always pick up where we left off. But week one, we talked about the purpose in the puzzle, that all the puzzling moments that we face, they do have a purpose and they paint a big picture. And by getting rid of those moments, by slowing those moments down, by trying to, to even shame moments or ignore moments, then our puzzle, our big picture to us will have a bunch of holes in it. And we don't want a holy puzzle. We want a big, full pictured puzzle at the end. And then in week two, we talked about our perspective versus God's perspective, our story versus God's story. What does God say about our moments? What does God say about our life versus what we say about it? And then week three was no excuses. Whether I caused these puzzling moments to come upon myself, whether they happened to me and I didn't have a choice. God's grace is the same. God's grace is sufficient. And God's grace works through us, through those moments. And he still has a purpose in them. And then week four, this was the last week that we kind of summed up the big picture. And we said that it's not it. It's not over. There's so much more to our story that God is still going to use us. This isn't the end of it, that we don't grow weary by doing good. We talked about Moses and how he was out in the wilderness for that long, that he was out in the desert for that long, for those 40 years. And maybe it was a time that felt like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have a purpose anymore. I, I'm, I missed it. I had to mess up somewhere. I, had to, I don't know if God still has a plan for me. But we found that God really did have a plan and used everything, but Moses had to surrender it all. So our challenge that week was, have you surrendered all, every moment, every hurt, every fear, every puzzling situation that we say, God, I surrendered everything to you for your use and for your good. And then the last two weeks and tonight, so these three weeks, we have focused on the actual puzzling moments inside the practical, how do I walk through this moment? Week five was, where are you looking? Are we looking at Jesus? Are we looking at the problem? Are we looking around us? Are we looking at circumstances? Are we looking at fear? Are we looking at doubt? Are we looking at worry? Or are we looking at Jesus? Are we looking at the word of God? And then week six was what are you hearing? And that was last week. The hearing is so, 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 so important. And we can see that even going on right now with everything that we're facing, how important what we're hearing and the effect that it has on us because what we see determines or what we hear determines what we say and what we say determines what we see and what we see determines how we respond. And we're going to kind of hit back on that tonight. So tonight, week seven, we're kind of summing all this up, but the third part of the important things inside these puzzling moments are who are you surrounded with? 
And this, I believe, is one of the most important. We've talked about where you look and we've talked about what are you hearing. But so much of those two have everything to do with who we're surrounded with. Because we, we've heard the scripture, you know, bad company corrupts good habits or um, iron sharpens iron. Or there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And then you always know when uh, your, your kids or, or your friends or whoever starts hanging out with different friends because they start talking different. Like there's this whole new lingo that you're like, where did that even come from? Like when, since when do you say that? Since when do you talk that way? Because of the people they're around. Because of what they're hearing. Because of how, and then even the perspective changes. We can see the perspective change about our country, about our, our government, our authority. We can see the perspective change about hospitals. We can see the perspective change about money, even in something that we're facing right now, based on who we're listening to, based on what we're seeing, based on do we see how that can be so affecting to our lives. So in these puzzling moments, influence is so, so, so important. Um, there's a quote that says, show me your five friends and I'll show you your next few years. Show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your next few years. That who we hang around is who we inevitably really will act like. We see things from their perspective. And that's why it's so important to have that inner circle of people around us. What influences around us and how does that affect our puzzling moments? So several things here that I just want to touch on. And then we're going to get into some stories but the people around us have a huge effect on what we believe about God. They have a huge effect on how we see God's word, how we walk out God's word, how we face problems and puzzling moments in our life. And I'm going to kind of just bring some perspective to it in just little pieces here. But um, I had a friend one time tell me that um, I had just gotten, just gotten married and, and she said, she told my husband, she said, you know, no matter what, she said, if, if she comes to me crying or if she comes to me upset at you, um, I'm always going to take her side. And we're sitting in our living room that day and, and I looked at her and I said, then you're not a friend I want in my life. And she kind of looked at me shocked. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I just told you I'd stick up for you. And I said, I don't want a friend to take my side. I need a friend that's going to tell me to get my act together. I need a friend that's going to tell me the right thing to do. I need my friend that's going to tell me, I don't care what's going on right here. You're going to do the right thing. You're not going to. I don't want a friend that I could gossip about my husband. If I can gossip about somebody or my husband to my friend, they're not my friend. You can see how this is working. So there's just one example. Um, we had another situation that Orin and I had faced and, and we're walking through and it was a, a situation we really didn't tell many people about. We really didn't... They, Put it out and about anywhere because this was something that was really close to home hit close to home for us it was a very sensitive thing um one of our close people that we told told another person that was never supposed to find out and so then these people um show up and orin and i, I this is i mean weeks after we had walked through this situation and so we're like good and golden, like moved on with life. We really just took the season to press into what God's word said about it. Well, then these friends show up and they're really trying to be genuine friends is the thing. They're, they weren't being mean. They weren't, but they're being genuine. And they just kept asking, you, you okay? You doing okay? Are you okay? Orin's like, yes, for the fifth time. Like, we're great. What's going on? Well, we heard something. And Orin goes, hmm. You heard something? 
Like, there's probably a reason you didn't hear it from us. Like, I'm just saying that. Well, they had taken what we had walked through and kind of let it become their own hurt. And so then we're literally end up consoling them in our living room for our issue. <laughs> Are you going to make it through my problem okay? <laughs> like, okay? Like, I'm not even making this up, okay? But why is influence so important in these puzzling moments? Because there's a reason that we didn't tell a lot of people what we were facing. For the purpose, not because we don't, I don't care, who knows what about me, like, that's just, what I'm not hiding anything, but because what I wanted being spoken into my life was not stay in your pain, was not stay in your hurt, was not stay in this situation, was not that God's not good, was not that I wonder what's going on with, with, with you, that this kind of thing would happen to you. I wonder, that's not what you need in those seasons. In those seasons, that's when we need people that are going, this is what God's word says. I'm going to encourage you. You're not going to stay here. We're going to get to the other side. We're not going to quit. We're not going to stop. That's the kind of influence we need. That's the kind of influence that God would even have us be surrounded by, that these people that are encouraging us according to the word of God, not the people that want to keep us in a place of hurt, not the people that we can gossip to and not be checked on it, not the people, do we see how important influence is? So when we're facing situations, sometimes it's easy to tell everybody what we're going through. But we learned last week that what we hear determines what we say, and what we say determines what we see, and what we see determines how we respond. So when I hear people respond to my situation, or my puzzling moment, or what I'm facing in a way that doesn't line up with the Word of God, I'm hearing it, but I'm hearing it from somebody I trust, or I'm hearing it from somebody that I've obviously confided in. And so to me, it's now painted a picture that I see, right? So now I'm seeing my situation, my puzzling moment, as my influencer sees it. Do you see how this works? Do you see how important these friendships and these people that we surround ourselves with? I'm not saying, I have tons of friends. I have a lot of friends that, that I hang out with. I love it. But then there's a very, very few that I will confide in. There's very few that I would go to. And those few are going to be the ones that go, you're wrong. You, you, need to, you need to fix this here. But they're always going to bring it back to the Word of God. Always going to bring it back to the Word of God. So I want to look at a few stories here. And this one rocks my world. I was so excited. I called Oren before class. And I was like, I have to tell you. This was so cool. I got so much revelation in this story. And I've never seen it this way before. So let's turn to 1 Samuel 17. So at this point, when we pick up in the story, this is David. This is David and Goliath, okay? And we're going to see how influence can be so key in these puzzling moments and these things that we face in life, okay? So this is David. At this point in the story, David has already been anointed king, okay? Samuel has already come to his house, picked him, said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. This has already happened. Now, from there... Saul starts having some night terrors. Saul starts having some bad dreams. Saul starts dealing with some stuff. But he knows that David's a worshiper. So who does he call? He calls David. He's like, David, I need you to come and I need you to worship because when you worship, that thing doesn't, that doesn't affect me. I'm not, I'm not messed with by that. I don't have that fear. I don't have those terrors. I don't have that when you worship. Okay? So David had had a relationship with Saul already. 
And then if you keep reading farther down there, it actually says that Saul even talked to David's dad and said, your son has found favor in my sight. Your son has found, okay. So they've had a pretty close relationship here. David has been anointed king. And now the current king, he is favoring David because of David's worship. Okay, because of David's worship. Again, as always, let's jump in the story. We need to be in the story. So we're David here, okay? So we have these friends, okay? We have friends. But in David's situation here, we know later on he has a covenant with Jonathan, right? Which is Saul's son. Right now, he has this relationship. He has this friendship with Saul. He has honor for Saul. But Saul sees something in him that's a little bit different. David's worship is different, okay? And what I would say about each of us is our worship different. When we're, when we're facing puzzling moments, when we're not facing puzzling moments, but in life in general, is our worship something different? Of course it is. Because people are drawn to Jesus. Jesus, people are drawn to the light. People are drawn, how are you walking through this? There's something different about you. How can you face this with such peace? There's just something, people are drawn to that, are they not? Absolutely they are. Okay, so now we're going to move forward in our story. And we're going to pick up, I don't know where to pick up because I don't want to read forever, but I want us to see this. All right, we're going to pick up in, in verse 20. So um, David's dad, Jesse, sent him to the battlefield. Said, your brothers are there, take him some food. Okay? So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up battle in a battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. All right, stop there for a minute. One influencer here, his older brother. This is one influencer. David shows up on the battlefield, and all David does is go, that guy's got nothing on God. That guy's got nothing on God. He's speaking these things against the army of God, but who is this guy? Who, do, who is this who thinks he can talk about God this way? The armies, he's standing with the armies of God, right? What did it say his brother was? His brother was angry. His brother was angry. And then he goes, why are you even here? What, what have you done with your sheep? Why? Because Eliab's fear was confronted with David's faith, and Eliab didn't like it. And so 
David, we see some character in David right here where David could have backed down and been like, you're right, I should probably go back and tend the sheep. Who am I anyway? If a whole army can't take him out, I'm just a kid. Right? That could have been how David responded to that. He's literally standing with the army of Israel against one man. He's standing with them against one man. But Eliab's like, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you even facing this? Right? This is too big for you. Go home. All right. So point number one, and we're not done with this influence thing. We got a lot more to go in this story. But with this story, our point in this story, I need to say it correctly. So who we are surrounded by can keep us from winning the battle we're facing and overcoming. Who we're surrounded by can keep us from winning the battle we're facing and overcoming. Okay, they were facing a battle. Now again, we gotta be in our story, but then we jump out of the story to go, how does this apply to my life? What battles are we facing? Or have we been facing? Or have we faced? And have we won those battles? Or do we feel like it's an ongoing battle? Or have we ever come to the point where we go, no, I've overcome that. I've overcome, I've gone to the other side of that. I've defeated that in my life. This could be an internal battle. This could be something that we deal with internally. Have you overcome it? Have you defeated it? Or does it still have a say in your life? Does it still have a voice? Just like Elias still had a voice at this point. Does it still have a voice in your life? So then David's trying to do nothing but silence his voice. Okay? So is it fear? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it, what, what is it in our life that, it, that has this voice? Okay? So now David's brother, he's angry, and he's telling him, why are you here? Why are you trying to fight this? Anybody trying to break a generational curse over your family? Anybody trying to break free of maybe an addiction? Maybe break free of something that we've been facing for a long time? Maybe change some things in our family and somebody tells you, why, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? I said, I was angry. Why are you doing this? Just go back to the way things were. It was fine. Let people that know how to handle this, handle this. Right? Influencer. David could have went home. He'd have missed out on a whole lot had he gone home. I'm sorry, what was that quote you said? Who were surrounded by can what? Oh. Keep us from winning the battle and overcoming. Okay, thank you. Of course. All right, so now let's keep going here. And David said, what have I done now? <laughs> is there not a cause? Is there not a purpose for me to be here? Clearly, nothing is being done about this, is what he's saying here. He says, is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for them. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't let them be afraid. I got this. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. You are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. All right? Anybody ever told you that thing you're facing is a whole lot bigger than you? That thing you're trying to break free from is a whole lot bigger than you? Maybe they've told you it's been in your family for years. I don't know how you're going to break free from that. Maybe it's been this way forever. That's not going to change. This is just the way things are. Anybody heard that? That's an influencer. So David here could have been like, you're right. I'm 
unqualified. Anybody, an influencer ever made us feel unqualified from the battle we're facing, from the thing we're facing, from the thing we're trying to overcome, for even maybe the thing that we know that God put in our heart to do, people want to disqualify us from it. You're not qualified to be that. You'll never be that. Let other people do it. There's other people that are already here to take care of this. You go back to what you were doing, right? So here's another influencer. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took out a lamb, uh, uh, took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. All right, so David spoke back, right? Because remember, what we hear determines what we speak, and what we speak determines what we see, and what we see determines how we respond. So David heard Saul say something, but he confronted it with his words, right? He confronted it with the word that God had put on the inside of him. He confronted it with that thing that's already in there. Okay, this is where the influence part got huge for me. This was amazing. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. All right, right there is where I want to stop. This is huge when it comes to influence. And why it's so important that we, one, we rely on the voice of God first, not last. We rely on the word of God first, not last. But then here's the other part of that is that we surround ourselves with people that are going to encourage us according to the word of God and according to the word that God put in my heart, not according to their own opinion, okay? And here's why. This is incredible to me. Saul wanted David to face the battle that he was facing in his life the way that Saul would have faced it in his life. David or Saul dressed David in what he would have fought that battle with. That's how Saul would address to fight it. Why? Because Saul is a warrior. Saul is a king. Saul is a man of war. Of course he has a sword and knows how to use it and can wear that armor. It's fit for him, right? David said, I haven't tested it. What's that mean? It's not proven in my life, Saul. This hasn't proved itself. What I have on the inside of me has already been proven. God's proven some things in me, and that's what I'm going to fight this battle with. We don't, see, we talked about in one of our weeks that we're all unique, right? We're all different. We have different gifts and talents and abilities, and if you compared your puzzle pieces to each other, I bet none of us have walked through the exact same situations. Everybody's walked through something different, right? And in every one of those, that's why it's so important to surrender those things to God, surrender those areas to God, to go, God, I give you all of these. Because what God can put on the inside of us in one of those puzzling moments to move on to another puzzling moment and what God puts in us there, he is building something on the inside of us to face the next thing. Does that make sense? So when he has put this on the inside of me for me to face the next thing, then when we sit, uh, see a situation and we go, God, how am I supposed to face this? What do you want me to do with this? And God's going, I've already put it on the inside of you. Everything that you've walked through so far has equipped you and set you up to conquer in this situation. But what do we do? We usually look to God last instead of first, and we look to the people around us. 
And if we don't have people around us that are encouraging us, is that what God said? I know what they told you. I know that they said what they said was God. I understand that. But is that what God said to you personally? Is that what God said to you? Why? Because people always have an opinion. This is how it worked for me. This is what I would do in this situation. This is how, this is what I think God is saying. This is what, we're in different seasons. We're facing different things. And so when we don't seek God's word for himself, or seek God ourselves and seek his word for ourselves, that that's what's on the inside of us. And that's why, guys, these puzzling moments are so important. So important. Because the God that Saul knew and the God that David knew, I know they were the same God, but they knew him in two very different ways, in two very different levels, right? Saul was letting his army hide in fear. And David was stepping up to the plate. This is, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do this. So had David wore Saul's armor, a couple things here are really big, and I want to slow down so I make sure I get them out, and, and it makes sense. This is why it's Bible study. It's not church. We can slow down and say our time. <laughs> But a couple things here. David, one, had he worn Saul's armor out there, he wouldn't have defeated Goliath, right? He would have been killed. Okay, not only would David have been killed, but David's testimony that he had been preaching all the way up to that point would have been killed, right? And so now, not only is Israel going, great, he just killed some kid, they're also going... He's anointed king. They just killed the king. They just killed the guy that's supposed to be king next. But then more so, now they're going, but he showed up and spoke faith over that situation, and he lost the battle. So could it be that when we listen to the influence of people around us instead of listening to God ourselves, can we show up to these things we're facing in life, these battles, these hard times? Maybe it's just a big decision that we show up facing these situations, 